On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls Sidetracks Holiday 2022 Wrap Up Extravaganza. I don't know what we're calling them, but this is our unscripted and unruly series where we talk about what we're watching and whether it's worth your time. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Yay! That was very unprofessional. I'm delirious. It's I have to week, give it two weeks before Christmas. I have to give it to you. You're very energetic. I do not have that same energy, unfortunately. You know what? I had a glass of tea, and then I realized I didn't have time to make another glass of tea. So I was like, Coke Cola, Coke Zero. I have these little oh, mini cans. But it's it's about Christmas time, so I haven't seen the polar bear commercials that I love every year from Coca Cola. Me neither. Yeah, because I'm just like Coca Cola is seen... synonymous with Christmas and polar bears, right? <laughs> They're not, but I feel like it because of marketing propaganda. Right. Show me the fucking polar bear. Give me that fucking <laughs> no, I want the creepy winking Santa. Remember there was one where like Santa was like winking oh, yeah. at everyone and then he was like drinking a Coke in the sled and I was like, stop winking at me. You're not like that, Santa. I feel like one year this they is- tried to do pink ones and I was like, wait, they're doing pink ones, but at the end the pink one runs into a polar bear. I was like, oh, there's the polar bears. I think I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. And then there's always the M&M's commercial where like, he does exist. exist. They, they do, do exist. exist. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet either. And there's the, you know, the one I have seen, I saw it way earlier this year, was the Campbell's green bean casserole commercial, where there's like a tree and it eats part of the green bean casserole. Oh, that it's sounds- like a Christmas tree. That sounds It's a really old commercial, but they still play it. And there's this little boy like, ooh. And it was, oh, I know it's really oh, old. Do you remember the the snowman and it melts into a little boy when he eats Campbell's soup? Yes. Okay, the snowman one. Yeah, that's a classic That one, one also. So both of those were on- I, I think it was the Muppets, not Christmas Carol, but the Muppets Christmas special where they had like the Fraggle Rock character and they were at Doc Sprockets. You know, that guy with the dog from Fraggle Rock. They were at yeah. his house and they had John Denver on it and stuff. Anyways, it's like a Muppets Christmas special that like my parents had taped from the TV when I was a little kid. And so we watched it a lot. So, of course, the commercials become part of the movie experience when you're a little kid. And so there's certain ones that, like, I remember. Like, I remember there's a commercial for, like, some kind of woman's bath stuff. It's either a perfume or it's, like, a – it's, like, caress or something like bath soap. But it's to Aretha Franklin's You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Ah. It's just this woman – in like the ocean and she just keeps like dancing like you make me feel and it's great 
so that song probably why i like that song so much and why it's my go-to karaoke number but yeah i haven't seen as many like repeat christmas commercials and i mean there's just some that i really like i also like the hershey's kisses where they're little bells oh yeah yeah oh and i'm just like but i don't where, know where's my clyde still where's my budweiser commercial i need to see the horses like, oh my god but they always make me cry there was one they did for the super bowl and i don't i don't remember what it was the lost puppy the lost puppy Oh, I think it was that one. Yes. Also, can I say, so I I started watching the new season of We're Here, which is the HBO series where Bob the Drag Queen, Eureka, and Shangela go to different towns in America and, like, throw a drag show with um, citizens of that city. And every time I watch that show, I start crying. Because there's always somebody who's, like, coming out to their parents or, like, they went through a big life change and this is like a celebration of life and and it's just like really nice but also it's like they recently went to uh i think it was a town i want to say it was in texas but i could be no it was i think it was jackson mississippi and there were people that were like vocally protesting them and like they were so rude and like bob just went up to them and like tried to have a conversation and they were just being assholes and like you like little kids don't you and he's like no like can we just talk about this and it was very frustrating but then like there's some touching moment where somebody's like you know this is my celebration like there was one lady who like she's like the democratic chair for her county in texas where there's like no democrats and so they were like they made like a pride it wasn't all pride, but they did, like, for their 4th of July parade, they were in it. And they had, like, a rainbow, like, ribbon as part of the decorations. And it was just part of them. But, like, one person, like, was like, I just can't do it. It's too dangerous. And I was like, that's depressing and scary. But they ended up being okay. But then that was, oh, no, I think that was the town. Because someone yelled at Bob. And then he was just like, I was going to get ice cream. I just want to get ice cream. Anyways. But I would highly recommend watching We're Here if you just want to, like, cry. Because, like, it's like it's a good cry. It's just, like, these, like, it's just, like, they're bringing joy to people who, like, haven't been able to be themselves in their own communities. And, or, like, have been hidden. Oh, in the, the lady in Texas, there were a bunch of, like, moderate Republicans that came out and surprised her and did a, and, and during her drag performance. And they dressed in drag to show that they supported the LGBTQ plus community even though they were technically republicans or independents and i was like hey that's cool we got some meeting across the aisles that's cool but anyways if you just want to cry for the beautiful things that humanity can do yeah also there's some really fierce drag numbers anyways but that was a really fun I don't know. That's a good show to watch. I also started watching RuPaul's Drag Race season 11. Oh. Which I'm totally a fan of Brangie. So there was a drag queen called Miss Vangie. And she was the first person eliminated in season 10. And when she left the stage, this is going to be a horrible impersonation of her. But she left the stage going, she just kept saying her name. Miss Vangie. Miss Vangie. Miss vangie and then she left and like they kept repeating it the entire season 10 and it was really funny because she left an impression so they called her back for season 11 and then there's this other drag queen called brooklyn heights and she is like a former ballerina 
she's Canadian and she was living in Nashville. Now she lives in LA, but she hosts Canada's Drag Race now. So after season 11, she actually hosts Canada's Drag Race. But they like had a little showmance and like were in a very healthy relationship together. Like a very PG-13 because they were like filming and they weren't allowed to like be around each other when they weren't in the workroom. But they were like, it was a very PG-13 kind of like sweet little romance. And they dated for a few months after they got out of the show. But then they broke up because their schedules don't match, but they're still friends. I have totally started following them both on on like TikTok because I'm like, when they get back together, I want to be one of the first people to know. Because they still like hang out with each other all the time. And I'm just like, oh, and at the end of season 11, they had to lip sync against each other. And Vanjie got eliminated when honestly, I don't think it should have been them against each other. But I feel like the producers were like, oh, drama, drama. I was like, and then like they kissed when like Vanjie had to leave. And I don't think all of the judges knew they were dating because it wasn't like necessarily known to anybody but Rue and the people in the workroom and probably the producers. And I was like. I, it was so sad. <laughs> I was like, so anyways, Brangie, if y'all, if your schedules work out again, I fully support your relationship, but it was cute. I don't know. I was like, it's probably, I'm glad they stayed friends though. Like they're still friends. That was like in 2019, I think. Like that's when that season aired. So it's been a while, but they're still friends and they still like Aww. show up on each other's socials all the time. But yeah. So did, so we talked about what I've been watching. I know we're going to talk about like our favorites of this last year. But yeah. was there anything you got to watch? Uh, so I actually watched uh, three movies, which is unusual for me during this time Ooh. of year. But I was like, I watched Miss Ch- uh, Mrs. Chatterley's Lover, the 2022 version. Oh, how was it? It was it was really visually beautiful. And I liked it. I wasn't for sure if I was going to like it or not. I never read the book and I never saw any other film version of Mrs. Chatterley's Lover. So I was like, okay. Um, lady, then, Lady Chatterley. Chatter, thank you, thank you, lady, thank you. Yeah. As soon as I said Mrs., I was like, "Wait, something's off. Something's off." I totally <laughs> own the book, and I think I read it in high school, but I feel like it was one that I read half of it and Spark Note to the rest of it because I was just kind of like over it. <laughs> oh, they had you read that in high school? It's pretty erotic from what I've read about it. Well, I was in AP English. I mean, I read, I read The Sun Also Rises, where yeah. there's the whole central issue between the main character and his love interest is that he's impotent from a war injury, and she wants, to, and they love each other, but, like, they can't physically, you know, be with each other. Is it, like, frank, frank descriptions of sex in the novel? Oh, it's been a really long time. Like, I don't remember. But, I mean, we talked about a lot of mature subjects. But the movie was okay? Yeah, so, but yeah, I really, I liked it a lot. And so I was reading about it, and it turns out that they had done, like, a few different updates from the original source material that was, like, still true to the source material, but kind of made it more modernized, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it was very sensual, but it was beautifully, beautifully shot and uh, well acted. So I watched that. Would you say it's on par with Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Oh, uh, or is it no. trying to be Portrait of a Lady on Fire and not no, quite doing it? I think they're two very, very different movies, but Portrait of a Lady on Fire has such a special place in my heart. I would still recommend Lady Charlie's Lover, like the 2022 version. It is on Netflix. It's like right under two hours. I just, I can't 
really compare the two other than that they're very sensual films. I think they're very different movies. Um, other than, I guess you could say, well, they're both about love affairs, just different types of love affairs. That's true. But, and I know you'll like this, uh, so I did watch Del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh, is it already streaming? Yes, ma'am, it is on Netflix. Where is it streaming? Netflix. <gasps> It looks interesting. The visuals look cool. It is really, really good. But this is the interesting thing. So a PG movie, I think Mm -hmm. it's a little too dark for kids, in my opinion. It's a dark story. It's like super. Pinocchio is terrifying. There's a few. Like, so I was, I was like full attention watching it. But Taylor was on the couch and he was like playing his little switch. And he looked up a few times and he was like, damn. And I was like, yeah. And I mean, it's technically it's made for children. I mean, I love it. It's actually set in, um, so it's set shortly after the Great War. And it's, God, Katie, remind me, is it fascist Italy? So it'd be fascist shortly before. So after the Great War, World War One, but before I mean, World Mussolini II. was a fascist. Yeah. So I guess yeah. it's, it's set in fascist Italy then in the 19th. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I love the updated story. Um, the voice acting talents are incredible. Visually, it's beautiful. Like I said, it's just, even though it's technically made for children, there's a few parts in it that I was like, damn, it made me really sad. Like, really sad. Well, I I will tell you, I never really liked Pinocchio. Yeah. Because it was very dark. And, like, you've got, like, the blue fairy, and you've got, like, I've got no strings to hold me down. But then the rest of the movie is dark and depressing and scary. And I just never really liked it, which I'm so sorry about that. I like Jiminy Cricket, and I like When You Wish Upon a Star, and that's about it! It's really funny you said that, because when I was a kid, one of the things that traumatized and scared me was the little boys getting turned into donkeys and crying for their mom. Yes! that went. I want my me. mama! Like, I was like, ah. So, and I get, I understand that Pinocchio was originally written kind of like a moralistic story for children to, you know, I get that. But yeah, I, but I mean, this one, it's, it's, I, I definitely recommended it. So, and I will say since I've watched it, the Golden Globe nominees have come out and it's been nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Golden Globes. Well, and it's also stop motion animation, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is. he had like, which I I would want to say, also Disney re-released a version of Pinocchio, right? Live like action, a month ago? the live yeah, action version. Like, yeah, is that because you're afraid of the Del Toro one? Because I'd rather see the Del Toro one. I'm just well, they released the three. I feel bad. So they released the live action Pinocchio based off their Pinocchio from the 1940s. But then there was the one I don't know what it's called. But oh, the was, really cringy one. It was one that was one trending with- on tiktok because like yes. father i want to be i want to have adventures so there's three you know what i forgot to say i watched what a couple weeks ago i did watch that shutter original dead stream where it's like this guy breaks into a haunted house and live streams after he's like been canceled by cancel culture and it actually ended up being pretty okay it was kind of dumb but it was like mostly it was pretty good it was pretty interesting the way it was like the whole thing was filmed like a live stream. And it was actually like, highly recommend. I meant to say that a couple weeks ago. I watched it like over Thanksgiving week and I was like, I knew there was something I was leaving out. Okay, so I do have to say the third thing I've watched and I watched it last night and I undertook it because it was like 930 at night. But as soon as I saw it was on HBO Max streaming, I was like, fuck yeah, instantly played like press play. So I've been reading a lot about the Banshees of Insurance. 
and yes i just yes. saw this morning that it's it's finally streaming i really want to go watch it now it is so good so it's of course the director of in Bruges, who is martin mcdonough and uh yes. it stars colin farrell and brendan gleason uh it is very very darkly funny but i loved it i think it's one of my favorite movies i've seen all year honestly i'm so excited yeah i saw that was finally streaming and i was like oh i need to watch it but like I need to like mentally prepare myself. I was doing I was doing a lot of holiday baking and crafting last yeah. night, and so I had to put on mindless things that I didn't have to pay attention to. Yeah, it, I'm I'm just telling you, it is so good. Now I I have a dark sense of humor, but on top of that, the acting is great. The cinematography is beautiful. The score is amazing, and there's some really great animal actors that just still ever seen they're in oh yes <laughs> i didn't know about the animal actors yes i'm excited about that it's amazing i will say there is as a fair warning there is something a little triggering that does happen towards the latter half of the movie i won't say what it is but i'll just be honest with you guys there but it is a dark comedy kind of triggering animal related triggering oh no oh that's upsetting yeah you but know, it is you know a dark what, comedy, so... Okay. Well, then, yeah. I'm excited to watch it. You know what I yeah. did watch that I didn't think... I wasn't sure what to expect, but it ended up... You know how you recommended Always Be My Maybe? Yes. And I finally watched it, and I was pleasantly surprised that how good of a movie it was. Yes. And I was like... And the person I watched it with, we were both like, oh, that was really good! Of course, you didn't tell me who the secret celebrity... Oh, it's uh, just like surprise the surprise was so you know, <laughs> which is perfect. Which I won't say it here because y'all should just go watch the movie. Yes, but similar to that, there's another Netflix holiday movie that I think came out last Christmas, and I didn't watch it last Christmas, but I turned it on last night because the two people in it are the girl from Nina, what's her face from Dobrev. Oh yeah, the Grassi and the Vampire Diaries. The Vampire Diaries girl, yeah. But Jimmy O. Yang, the stand-up comedian, is the other person in it. And I, his stand-up comes up all the time on my, like, YouTube, like, shorts. And he's very funny. So I was like, oh, I'll give that a shot. And I was pleasantly surprised. It's really good. And it's about a girl who gets catfished. And she, like, goes all the way across the country. She's a journalist. And she's been writing, like, a dating column about all of her bad first dates. and But she finally meets someone she really likes. So she flies all the way across the country to meet him. And turns out, like, he's been using his childhood best friend's pictures. But it was him. Like, it was all his personality. But he's been, like, posing as his childhood best friend. Like, in his pictures. So when she meets him, he's not the person she thinks he is. But then the person that she thinks she's been dating is in the town... So anyways, there's a whole, like, thing where, like, they're lying to his family saying that it's his girlfriend, and then, but he's trying to set her up with the guy that she thought she was dating, and then she's pretending to be someone she's not because he's into stuff that she's not into, and then, of course, like, you know, it's cute. But it was cute, and I would say it reminded me a lot of Just Friends. Okay, yeah, where I'm Reynolds. Because, like, which is another holiday movie y'all should watch. If you guys haven't watched Just Friends, it is definitely a Christmas movie. I think it actually came out for Christmas, because I definitely saw that for my birthday the year it came out with a bunch of my friends. But, yeah, I would definitely say it reminded me of Just Friends, because it was a lot of, like, it wasn't, like, box office gold kind of budget. Like, it wasn't even an always be my maybe kind of budget, where, like, they had secret, a secret celebrity. celebrity guest. Yeah. 
show up or anything like that. But they had like a really talented cast that gave consistently good performances Mm -hmm. and the script was really good. And I was, it was very much, it reminds me a lot of Just Friends. So I would say definitely highly recommend another Netflix movie to watch. Love, I think it's called Love Hard. But I feel bad that I didn't watch it last year because I think it came out last year. Like I watch a lot of like Hallmark Christmas movies because I like to laugh at them and I need something mindless to put on, but I mostly make fun of them. But like every so often there's like a holiday like rom-com that I like and those are... You know, Gremlins, of course. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a rom-com, right? I mean, Gremlins can be a rom-com. There's a romance in there. It's fine. I'm just kidding. But, you know, Gremlins, Just Friends, and now Love Hard. I feel like there's one that I'm missing. But I guess Love Actually, too. Yeah, I, you know. But that's a high-budget film. Like, that cast is amazing. We always have this conversation where a lot of people hate on Love Actually. I'm like, look, I know it's not the best movie. That's a, a main part of this movie. Is one of them loves Love Actually and one of them hates Love Actually. It's so funny. I met so many people that have hated Love Actually. I'm like, look, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever. But this time, at, at this point in my life, is burned into my mind. And I just like watching it. Like, it's a comfort. Did you know that they cut out a storyline? with the principal of the school and her wife no i did not know that died of cancer i did not know that and so she was like really tough to all the students and i didn't know this until recently it came up on a tiktok video and it showed the deleted scenes for her and it's the lady from one of them one of the women i can't remember (gasps) the lady's name but she's she was in the harry potter movies but she so basically like she was really stern to the children but like at home her wife was dying of cancer and 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 then like Emma Thompson gives a speech, a eulogy at the school, and it's kind of like a doubling for like her going through the grief of her husband possibly cheating on her. Oh. But she's like grieving is so hard during the holidays. You were such a fantastic partner, and your wife was so amazing, and we loved her so much. Oh. And anyways, I was like, I so they cut like four storylines out of Love Actually. And that's one of them. I do know in the original script that Mr. Bean's character, and I feel so bad, is it Rowan Atkinson is the actor's name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the original script, he's actually an angel, which makes sense. Well, I mean, obviously he was supposed to be something magical. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense when you watch a movie. It's like, oh, that's why he's trying to stop Alec Gritman from cheating on his wife by exposing the necklace. And that's why, like, he he gets in line and little baby boy's able to run and meet the Uh love of his life. So it's like, it makes sense in retrospect. Like, oh, that's why he's there. And speaking of romantic comedies, I feel totally bad that I blanked on this, but I did watch a fourth movie. So Bros is actually streaming on Peacock right did now. Did you watch Bros? I did. How did you like it? Because I heard it got pretty dismal reviews. I See, and I heard that it got pretty good reviews, but it was just a box office bomb. I thought it was... Yeah, I just heard Billy Eichner complained that everybody didn't everyone was homophobic and didn't watch it yeah that's what Which Billy, i don't i don't think that's why people didn't watch it necessarily i think the marketing was maybe not super inclusive i'm gonna say and i'm not trying to say like you can't have a movie about a gay couple but i will say the marketing seemed very much like straight people won't get the jokes you know what i mean yeah yeah and i can get that it's hard because one i did like the movie i did like it i did find it enjoyable, oh, good. and i did laugh out loud a few times watching it and I'm not a very laugh out loud girl when it comes to comedy, 
But there are some things that... Billy Eichner's funny. Yeah. I love Billy Eichner. Yeah, he does have like a lot of... And I'm not as familiar with him, but he did like bring a lot of energy. And the big thing is, it's like, so... He's a lot of energy. He had, he's like, also, he's on American Horror Story. Oh, what, what season again? He was the couple the, in Cult. <gasps> Yes. He was married to Leslie Grossman's yes. character. Oh, God, I completely forgot about that. You know what? I'll be honest. Colt yes. wasn't one of my favorite seasons. So it's interesting because I I will say I understand what you're saying as like a, as a cis white woman. There's some jokes that I'm like, I think this is funny. But it's, you know, I understand like the confusion aspect of that. And like, so right, yeah. even, even with like my brother-in-law being a gay man. It, and my brother-in-law was the one that was like, yeah, this is a really good movie. You should really, really watch this. And I was like, okay, so he's telling me to watch it. I'm curious about it. I'm definitely going to watch it. But there are some yeah. things I feel like I need to text him and be like, hey, so, okay. Can you please explain this to me? Do you feel comfortable you, explaining yeah, this to me? Yeah, so, um, but there is... Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, I don't really, I still want to see the movie, but I do feel like the marketing, mm-hmm. it's not Billy Eichner's fault or anyone who wrote the movie. I feel like the marketing people were being very much like... They weren't being inclusive with their marketing. And maybe it's, I think, I think, this is my suspicion, is that the marketing people didn't think anyone outside the queer community would watch yeah. it. Because they're probably assholes. Because I think everyone in Hollywood, everyone who's a Hollywood executive, I would say probably is a, seems to be like a little narrow-minded. And I feel like there are exceptions, of course. Obviously, We're Here is on HBO Max. and. That's a really inclusive show. But anyways, I feel like they thought that no one else outside that community would watch it. So they only marketed it like, it's a gay movie about gay dudes in a gay romance. And I was kind of like, I mean, it could just be a story about people who are gay and who are in, it's a rom-com and yes, they're two gay men. But like, look at Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. They don't like, they didn't market it as a lesbian movie only for lesbians. They marketed it as like, this is a beautiful romance between two women. And honestly, yeah. they barely even touched on it in the marketing. Not that you have to cater to the straights. We've been catered enough to. But there's like some really, say that. there's some really serious scenes in Bros. So there's like some really like hardcore, really? like traditional comedy moments. But there's like a scene on the beach where Billy Eichner goes into like this like really serious and beautiful monologue about like how you know times are changing and he's like and his parents have passed away in the film he mentions that early in the film that you know that his parents have both passed away at this point and he's like am i he's like and i just think about how my parents never got to see the life i got to live and the life i have and like he's like and how many of us didn't get to live this life because it touches a lot on like even trauma growing up as a gay young man in the 80s and it being during the AIDS epidemic, and now he's in his 40s. Like, they mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, that's very traumatic. They mentioned that a lot because he's like, you know, I'm 40. And he's like, when I was young, this is what was happening. So there's a lot of, like, really serious talk, but then there's, like, laughs that kind of buffer a lot that's going on in it, too. But yeah, guys, uh, watch Bros. I I did like it. I would love to hear more people's opinions on it. I want to watch it now. I liked it, though. I mean, I was invested in the movie the whole time. That's so. good. Yeah. What's good? We've got a couple different holiday movies. I guess Bros isn't technically a holiday movie, but oh well. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, maybe you can watch Single All the Way. I might watch Single All the Way. It does look really hilariously, like, silly. Because, like, Jennifer Coolidge, like, 
is their like crazy aunt and she directs a Christmas pageant, but then like she's dressed as Glenda the Good Witch. I don't know why. Jennifer Coolidge just got I think Entertainment Weekly's performer of the year too, because I haven't seen the I White like Lo I haven't seen the White Lotus, but supposedly she is I've good. seen most of season one and I need to yeah. watch season two, but most of season one is it's fantastic and she's fantastic. And she's just you know, she was talking about how she really hadn't been working for a while and Ariana Grande said something about her on a talk show and one of her friends was like, you should message her. And she did just on a whim and she actually responded and she invited her to be in that music video for um, Thank You Next because, you know, it was referencing Mean Girls. And yeah. so she played Amy Poehler's. I think she was Amy Poehler's character in the video, if I'm remembering it correctly. So she was in that. And then, like, she started getting more work. And then, you know, she was in Promising Young Woman. And she was, she's been in a ton. And, but she also the was Watcher. in that, the Watcher series. Yeah. And, but she's in the single all the way. And she's been popping up, like, a lot. And I love her. And, I mean, we, we've already talked about her, like, I think when we did Promising Young Woman. She's just one of those performers that is consistently hilarious, but also has some depth to her. Yeah. And something like The White Lotus let her show that off, just like Promising Young Woman. That's why, like, I loved Promising Young Woman so much, because I was, one of the reasons was, like, it was nice to see two character actors just playing parents and getting those moments, because Jennifer Coolidge, her her, her rivers run deep. Yeah. And, yeah. I need to watch the rest of The White Lotus, but yeah. But yeah, she's also in Single All the Way with the guy from Bros, so y'all can watch that, too. Okay. So that's some stuff we've been watching. And since this is our end of the year wrap up review, we thought we'd share some of our favorite films that we covered in 2022, which which we did a lot of uh, movies that we were checking off our list. So it was a year full of stuff. That we really want to cover. Do you want to start with my list? We both made a list. So I guess we're going to go through one of our lists. And then if we both have the same movie on our list, we'll both talk about it. I did want to start with my honorable mentions. And when I say this, I'm going to group <laughs> these. I'm going to group these together because. How many did you write down? Oh, for. I, I didn't count, honestly. But just okay. for my honorable mentions, because this goes without saying these are always my favorite episodes. But shout out to our guest episodes. I always, yes. always love the guest episodes. So. We had we, we had good the, ones this year. Yeah, we did. We summoned the darkness with Jake Jolly, of course, from Clay Zombies. We love Jake. What? He's amazing. He's very supportive. So we he's not only just he's not just a supportive person. He's a great person, a kind person, and just like just a super cool, talented. cool, super talented dude. Yes. So I definitely want to give a shout Again, out to Jake. If you need some people in your next movie to be victims or whatever. We're there for yes. you. Uh, we made a new friend this year with Syndicate. So mm-hmm. it was cool doing Halloween and Cabin in the Woods with Syndicate. He is yes. awesome. I love his voice. Uh, <laughs> I love you do it. have a really good voice for like radio. Yeah, I just love listening to him talk. But yes, Oh, and we also got to do another premiere movie. Yes, we did. So I was going to mention Vega Montanas, who uh, of course directed and wrote The Hurt We Share. So we did we did do an episode on The Hurt We Share uh, with we Vega. Did. So that was that was cool too. So it's always nice making new friends. You know, Tiger in the Bathroom. The Tiger in the Bathroom, which wasn't even what he says. I know. God I bless just it. Love the, 
Yeah, I just love those. And uh, they've been working on some more movies, according to their Instagram feed. So uh, we'll see what they have cooking. I think it was supposed to be like a straight horror film. Whereas yeah. Whereas we shared it up being more like a drama. But I feel like there was an actual, like a straight horror film. Those are some good honorable mentions. I will say, I have to say Gremlins is an honorable mention. Oh, yeah. Because I've seen it so many times, it wasn't like a revelation. That and The Host. Both of those were movies I really wanted to do. But I feel like I have some other ones that made a bigger impression. And I was only going to write 10 down. Oh, well, now what? now that you mentioned that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine after my honorable mentions. So. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah, so close. I wonder how many line up together i did have to start strong uh with one of my personal favorite horror movies and movies all together and it was shared with our wonderful editor and good good friend uh starting strong with the thing in january i had the thing on it as well yeah i didn't include any of our guest episodes because i knew we would talk about it yeah otherwise so i tried to include other things I also had the thing on my list because we had Ryan on there, yes. which Ryan will come back. We just had a lot of scheduling snafus go on. And that's partially my fault because I decided to do shows <laughs> this year. And so usually I'm like, yeah, we usually film Wednesdays. But like, I'm like, yeah, Tuesdays, Thursdays are fine too. And then I was like, oh shit, y'all have to actually be at rehearsal. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, but yes, one of my favorite films of all time and... It was such a fun one to watch. And Ryan hadn't seen it before. So we got a fresh take yeah. on the thing, which was fun. And we got to do a live stream, which was really fun. I hope we can do one again at some point. Yeah. Because Amazon Prime actually has like a watch with me feature. So oh, that's like, cool. I don't know if that's something we could do. But that was, that was one of my favorite ones, too. I love the thing. If you yeah. haven't watched it. It's so good. And it's perfect because now it's snowy. So it's like, you know, it's December. It like, you know. It's a good winter And movie. it's funny because it premiered the week of my birthday, but the story takes place the week of your birthday. Which is weird. Okay. Because yeah. also Gremlins did that where they premiered in the summer because they're like, mm-hmm. it's not a Christmas movie. I was like, it is a Christmas movie. I'm sorry. I also had probably one of the most surprising films of this year that we were like, we picked and then we ended up having, it ended up not really being a horror film, but we both like had so much fun to talk about it was Eve's Bayou. It was one of mine picks too. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> oh my God. It's one of my new like favorite movies. Yeah. It was I mean, so good. And that episode premiered in February of this year. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think Casey Lemon actually just directed something else i think it's the new whitney houston biopic oh. i think she either produced or directed it she may have just produced it but it was on her instagram feed the other day so she is still filmmaking which i, I we love to see because i she should have made more movies eat by you was the years. best the best movie of 1997 so it was yeah and it was so good it is such a good movie if you guys still haven't seen Eve's by you i i mean we both highly we highly recommend it because it was one of those movies where we were just like oh i this is getting good reviews and it's all these like unexpected horror movie lists like that's cool and then, like, watching it is just, like, a total other experience. And Criterion just released the DVD into their collection, I think, like, last month, too. Hey. Yeah. So Eve's by you. Eve by you, like, deals with one of my favorite themes in film, which is memory. And, like, how 
different people perceive different events. Yeah, it's just beautiful. I love the themes of memory. And there's like a hint. It is interesting. There's like a hint of the supernatural. Uh, There's just a lot of really great film analysis stuff Also, anytime there's an unreliable narrator who doesn't know they're an unreliable narrator, I love that kind of shit. Because it was a sister. Great children actors. Like, anytime. Yes. Yes. They're so, all the kids. Yeah. God, I love that movie. Speaking of bayous. I bet this one's on your list. Okay. X is on my list. Yep. It is. Okay, good. Yeah. June. Uh, we did this in June of this year. June. Yay. I it, loved X. I also a, loved Pearl, but we didn't get to cover Pearl because I don't know if there's enough to cover. Yeah. Pearl. Well, X is like a return to the slasher genre in a very unexpected way because you would never guess when you're originally watching X, like who's going to be the killer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, and then when you watch it the second time, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, makes sense. But the yeah. first time you watch it, you're like, who's the killer? And then you're like, oh, that's the killer. Oh, all right. Also, you don't understand. You don't know who the final girl is going to be. Oh, because I totally thought it was someone who wasn't the final girl, and I was like, oh, oh that's weird. Slight, but in a good way. Slight spoiler for X. Uh, my favorite horror death of the year is Death by Crocodile. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. I don't know if it was better than last year's Meat Slicer. Oh, that was fucking horrific. Horrific. I mean, it was, but it was like fun horrific. Well, because it, it was only horrific because okay. I liked that character. You if did, I didn't like that character, I'd have been like, that's then, cool. So the problem with Fear Street 1984 is that you really thought it was like a PG 13 ish movie until that moment. And I was like, oh God, this is real. Oh, no, that was 1994. Oh, thank you. But yeah, you thought. Was it 92? Anyways, 90s, yeah. 80s, 60s, and 60s. 1994, you thought it was like PG, PG 13, and it was that bread slicer moment that elevated into our character. <laughs> just like, oh, Oh my god! Yeah. And then there's another really gruesome death right afterwards. You're like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and again, characters that you like. So yeah. you're like, okay. It, that's how you felt watching it, though. I think I actually did say, oh my I god! Did. That's how I felt I watching was just it. like, oh. You know, another movie I did that too. What? Well, we both did that too. It was Titan. Oh yeah, and Titan was March of this year? It was. Yeah, and we actually saw that in theaters. We did. And then we got, and then when it came streaming, you know, because it was Katie's favorite movie of 2021. <laughs> it yeah. really was my favorite experience seeing in 2021. And it got robbed for an Oscar nomination. Robbed. It's good. It's definitely not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But it's, I mean, it's, God, I mean, just watch the opening scene. If you don't watch anything else in the fucking movie, just watch the opening scene. That's a good dance scene. Yeah, oh. The, the ending scene came up on, like, a gruesome scenes that you'll never be able to forget list on YouTube. And I was like, yep. I was like, it's it's got a lot of body horror. And if you can't stand body horror, maybe don't watch it. But it's so interesting. And the makeup is so good. And the special effects are so good. And... Oh, I just love that director. I love Julia DeCarno. And I love Raw, too. But we did Raw in 2021. Yeah, we did. Yeah. You know what movie made my list as actually a very quiet movie? What? So we did Pig in January of this year. <gasps> I have that on my list, too. I love Pig. <laughs> I was like, you know, I never expected to cry at this fucking movie with Nick Cage oh, looking I for bawled. his pig. But I did. And I really, really like the way they look at toxic masculinity in that script in such a subtle way 
It's so brilliant. They do, and also grief. Yeah. And animal love. I mean, oh, in God. a healthy way. I remember, like, I just remember holding Gizmo and, like, bawling my eyes out and just being like, ah. I, it's just really sad. Why do you want her back so much? I love her. I'm just like, fuck, that's the catalyst. That's that's the entire movie. That's the message of the entire movie. Like, I can tear up, like, thinking about it. It's such a good movie. Also, I really enjoyed drawing her. Oh, she's so cute. She was so, so cute. cute. And I really liked how that picture came out. That sweet piggy uh, passed away in real life. So it's a nice memorial to her, too, at this point. It is. Also, it's got a slightly happy ending, too. Like It's it like a bittersweet. Happy. It's bittersweet. Yeah. It's lovely. It's a lovely film. And it's totally not what I expected at all. I totally thought it was going to be like a Nick Cage searches for his pig and kills anyone who gets in the way. And it's really not like that at all. It's like a really well-paced drama i can't wait to see what that director does it also looks gorgeous yeah so i can't wait to see what that director does in the future also speaking of directors one of my favorites i think he's one of my favorite directors now michael haneke, michael haneke. i knew piano teachers on my piano list. teacher <laughs> yay yeah i April. converted brit <laughs> in my disgusting movie i'm sorry it's not disgusting you know what i will say i think that is one of the most interesting discussions we've had on garden house girls podcast it's such an interesting film yeah i don't want to say disgusting like i'm not trying to kink shame anybody i mean there's gruesome parts of that movie and it's hard to watch it's very hard to watch but it's also incredibly engrossing and fascinating to watch that character study and just watch her just lose her mind yeah i love her so much she's such a good i love that woman so much yeah she's such a good actress and i love michael haneke and i think i I think we could probably do funny games in the future too funny games i don't know funny games almost feels mean-spirited but i know it's not as long as I'm not watching Amore again, I can handle it. I do need to watch Amore. I mean, and I dis- disclaimer, Amore is a beautiful, beautiful movie. I just will never watch it again because of how badly it destroyed me. So, Well, yeah, emotionally, yeah. yeah. But Isabel Huppert, I had to double check her last year because I was like, I'm going to say it wrong. I love her. She's yeah. just such a good act. I mean, everyone's good in that movie. I think anybody who loves film and has an appreciation for acting should definitely see The Piano Teacher. I would not be able to just casually recommend it to anybody, though, because <laughs> it it's is rough. It's very, very specific type of film, and it is one that's kind of haunting to watch because it's filmed in such a realistic way. Like, it's not mm-hmm. filmed in any, like, surrealist. It's just, like, what you see is what you get, and it's happening in real time. And that's a very tough thing to process. It's one of the finest performances you'll ever see in a film, ever. It's, again, one that was robbed. Yeah. And on that note, I was about to say, so this movie, I don't know if you have it on your list. I think you probably don't. It surprised me because I didn't really know what to expect from this film. And then when I saw it, I was like, it wasn't what I expected, but I really liked it. So Summer of 84 which we did back in August. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, it's gonna... Because everyone kept comparing it to, like, Stranger Things. And now, in retrospect, I'm like, the only thing it really has in common with Stranger Things is it's set in the 80s. And there's kids on bikes. Yeah. And I think maybe there's, like, a little bit of a synthy score, but that's also, like, a throwback to the 80s. So this is... Right. I both loved and hate this about Summer of 84 is that it was just like, oh, dude, I think our neighbor may be a killer. And then by the end of the movie, it's like... 
just brutal. Yeah, I was surprised by the brutality of the ending. It's re- for sure. It's like real though. It's like when you mess with fire, you get burned, and you do not see that very often. <laughs> it's terrifying, Brittany. Yeah, I mean, but it's true. Like you know, you you see so often in movies. It's like, gee golly, guys, I think this is a bad guy. We're gonna stop him. And it's like what really happens when you try every to stop- episode of Scooby Doo. Oh God. <laughs> You know what movie surprised me that I thought I wasn't sure what to expect about it at all, but I ended up really liking it and liking the style, especially was the last matinee. Oh yeah, okay. I I I keep coming back to that movie because it's just so interesting, and it was such a. I should have had it on my honorable mentions, The Wolf House too. That was another one that was just interesting. Yeah, The Wolf House kind of like scared me a little bit. But, it is really scary. Yeah. But the last matinee had just that very Argento. that style. Yeah. It was very Argento, and I loved the style. It had a cool villain. Not that he's a cool person. You know what I mean? Like an interesting villain that had a weird, like the eyeball thing. Like yeah. I was like, oh, that was weird. And like it just visually looks really cool. And it was a, a movie from a country that we don't often review films from, which I thought was cool. Uh, and it was like a little indie film and it's really kind of blown up. And I really, really liked it. I don't know. I really did not expect to be as into it as I was, you know? Yeah. And that's always really cool. Well, speaking of movies that blew up, and this is like something, so for me, this is a rarity, and I I hate to sound like a snob, but a movie that a lot of people like that I'm also like, I really like this movie too, and it did really well when it uh, premiered on streaming, Prey. I love Prey. Yes. Prey was so good. I really like that movie. Yeah. And I mean, not only did it have a cute dog, but it had like a badass central female character who's also indigenous, just and they actually cast indigenous actors yeah so do you have the love witch on your list almost i should have put it as my honorable mention i did love the love witch visually like visually it's like one of the prettiest movies i've seen all year i just i thought it was a little long and that was my only real gripe with it i mean it is a little long however there's so many good one-liners in that movie there is a lot of good one-liners that i just absolutely adore (laughs) and it's just like and i just love like all like the visual jokes and like oh it's so good i just i love the love witch oh that's such a good movie i want her to make a thousand movies that are just like the love witch i want the love witch to be a tv show yeah i think that would be really really cool actually if they did like some kind of either tv show or limited series in that style because she does have such an incredible style of filmmaking and i mean like i just like i love the character like i was trying to look up some of my favorite quotes (laughs) and i used love magic on him then he got really weird on me and those emotions started flowing out of him i should have known He's a Pisces. My uh, my favorite line in that movie is she's like creating her little jar. She puts a tampon in and she's like, most men never seen a tampon. And then later, like they find the jar and it's like, what's inside there? I don't know. And <laughs> I love that part. Like it's so f- stupidly funny. <laughs> but But you know what? Sometimes oh. I'm just like, no, men aren't like that. And then I see the TikTok videos every so often where they interview men about like things. They're like, so how many uteruses have? Or they'll just ask them questions about. Oh my god! Or they're like, point out the clitoris. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's over here. No, 
Where's the vagina? Where's the labia? Sorry if this is creeping anyone out. Oh, no. Testes. I know where the testes are. You know why? Because I paid attention in biology class. But yeah, but that's like the big thing. It's like, I'm like, you know, it's like they make fun of things like this. I'm like, oh, wait, there are men in the world. It's like the bag of sand comment. Did you ever see, I don't, someone showed me this like awful Reddit post where it was like, someone was like, oh, this, they're talking about boobs and they're like, it feels like two bags of sand. Oh. <laughs> and someone was just like, son, have you ever seen a touched a titty or something? And it was, someone showed that to me, like it was a meme a long time ago and I was like, oh, poor thing. Yeah. Um. So my last like kind of one on my list was one that I've wanted to see for literal years and I'm so glad we tackled it at the tail end of this year. So I had to put The Devil's Backbone. I loved it. Oh, yeah. That one was good. I loved it. The ghost is still eerie to me. I'm like, you know what? This movie's like 20 years old and it's still eerie watching it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I liked it. I feel like it's not my favorite Del Toro movie, though. But I think it's because he was still finding his voice. Yeah. But I definitely liked it a lot and I liked it visually and I thought it was super interesting. But I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. But I, I felt like the realism and the devil's backbone, it's just like there's this one little bit that's like supernatural. But it's just yeah. that echo, that echo that you feel throughout the movie of this like murder, this, you know, that happens. I don't know. I just thought it was very beautiful. And then the idea of orphans teaming up together. like Yeah, we did a lot of orphan movies this year. Yeah. I feel bad about that. Because we also did the orphanage Oh. Was that this year or last year? I think the orphanage may have been last year, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you're, I think you're right. So I did have two other movies written down. I had... I don't... Okay, I wouldn't... I don't know if this is my favorite, but I have found myself talking about this movie, thinking about this movie, and analyzing this movie. Because it is like... I don't know if I can recommend it to people because it wasn't a fun experience. But it was a very interesting experience. And that's irreversible. Oh, God, yeah. Because it's not fun. Like, I felt like Climax was so interesting and, like, beautiful. And, like, I was like, yeah, it's a lot. But I feel like I could recommend it to a lot of people because it's, like, a cinematic experience. Yeah. Irreversible is so fucked up. But in, like, an interesting way. And, le- and, and there was so much, like, controversy around it. And there's still things about it that watching it 20 years later, you know, from when it was conceived and produced, like, there's very problematic things in it. But then it's also, like, analyzing, like, was it purposefully problematic or was incidentally problematic? And it's just there's a lot to talk about. And there's also a 20-minute rape sequence. Yeah. And is it 20 minutes or 12 minutes? It may be 12 minutes. It feels like it goes on forever, though. It's a long time and it's uncut. But it is a CGI penis, so have no fear. And I mean, like, I don't know if you could ever make a movie like that again. I don't think you should, <laughs> honestly. It's too much. But I'm glad we finally watched it because it was a movie that everyone talks about. And I was very much just, like, curious. But, you know, like, we watched Audition and I and everyone was like, oh, it's so scary. And I was like... But the lead up to the scary part is so interesting and fun and clever in the way it's crafted. And I do think Irreversible is cleverly crafted as well because it it is told in reverse. And the movie does get happier the further you get along 
in the story will go backwards in the story. So I do kind of like that aspect of it, of like, well, at least like it's happy at the end. Yeah. But like the rest of it is just like kind of pure misery for the first 45 minutes. Yeah. So last one that I had was one that we recently did. And it surprisingly became one of my favorite movies of the year. And that's Barbarian. Oh, okay. (laughs) But he's like, absolutely not. I mean, no, it's a, you know what? You're not the first person I've heard that says Barbarian's one of their favorite movies of the year. So I'm kind of used to that. I would say favorite horror films of the year. Well, I keep coming back to... I want to be very specific about that. And I sound like a broken record. It's like, I really, really, really love what they did with the first part of the movie. And I love the tension. I love the guessing game. And then the second and third act, they weren't awful. I just didn't, it wasn't as great as the first act of the movie was to me. I don't know. I like the old switcheroo. Yeah. A lot. But I think it's, and it's also like, it's a really well done movie and it was really yeah. well acted. And it, it was well acted. It was surprising. It was well acted. Yeah, and it was surprising. I still also don't, the plot hole of the copy of a copy of a copy thing just kind of bothers me too. Yeah. Also, by the way, now people on TikTok are taking that my baby, my baby song and being like like there was one lady who had like a baby doll in her hand she's like would you <laughs> that song is called i bet on losing dogs and it makes me so sad so sad well it's just someone with a baby doll like pretending to be the it's like pov you've been locked in a basement with a woman a half naked woman with long fingernails who may be in the product of incest and you're like i'm like you know, I, I get why this is a trend. I feel like we don't need to joke about that. And I again, I wish she had clothes. Yeah. I didn't. I just feel like I don't understand why she didn't have clothes. But no, it's like, what? what is it? Is it the implications is because she's so tall and so large he couldn't find clothes for her? Or is there a reason he kept her naked all the time and she's afraid of him? Mm, don't know. A little traumatic to think about. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of trauma. Yeah. So we watched a lot of movies in 2022. We did, yeah. And we watched some good ones. I don't know. There's some, some ones I still definitely want to do for sure. I still need to watch... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. And the Banshees of Inishirin. And Crimes of the Future and Triangle of Sadness. I want to see both of those and I haven't gotten to see either of them. And then Men still isn't streaming yet for free. You can rent it now, but I don't... It's A24 and usually come on Showtime. Yeah. So I'm waiting for it to come on Showtime. Fair enough. And Bodies, Bodies, Bodies too. Yeah. Also, have you heard about Bones and All? Oh, yeah. The Luca Guadagino movie? Yeah. I, it's already like available to rent yeah i've heard i mean i've heard now, good things from Amazon. critics a lot of people seem to like the genre blending that that movie does so is it just me or do they kind of seem like the the true what were they called the true knot oh from from um, dr sleep? sleep yeah but cannibals i know it's like are they cannibals yeah they're cannibals they're like feeders essentially and they do run into like other cannibals so i do know that much yeah i know it's based on a novel too which i never read the novel but it's based on a novel yeah i'm very interested by that movie but there's a lot i still want to watch and there's some stuff that is not as new but i ended up watching that i definitely know i want to do next year what do you guys want us to cover yeah next season is there like a movie that you've been dying to us cover? Is there someone? I know we want to have more of our guests on. I, there are a lot of people that are supposed to come on, 
but just scheduling has been kind of a nightmare. Yeah. So, uh, just because people are busy and they have lives and then the holiday shows up. But we'll definitely have, hopefully, we had a lot of guests this last year, though. Yeah, we did. Mike Flanagan has a TikTok now. I kind of want to message him and be like, because he has done some interviews for some smaller, like, YouTube channels. And I'm like, I kind of just be like, Mike Flanagan, um, will you please come and talk about one of your movies? Hush, Oculus, I don't care. We already did Dr. Sleep. Would you like to listen to an entire episode where we just talk about how awesome you are? That's that episode. So we we did a lot of movies this year. And hopefully we'll do some more next year. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll probably come back mid-January, I would say. Yeah, I think we'll discuss we it more. But we are definitely taking off the the rest of 2022 now. So Tis time. Yes. We all need. It's just convenient for me that when we take off is when my birthday is. Yes. <laughs> oh, how did, how did it end this? Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you guys. I hope you guys stay safe. I know Brittany does too, obviously. <laughs> but I hope you guys stay safe um, and warm. I know like some of the power grid issues have been happening and it's hard in the U.S. And it's been happening in places where they get winter. Um, and apparently we might even get snow in Alabama. Yep. We are going to get freezing temperatures though, so which is unusual for us. Um, stay safe. Stay warm. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I know we have international listeners, too. I hope you guys are staying safe. I hope that everything is going well. I know things can be traumatic and full of turmoil, but hey, they passed the Respect for Marriage Act. Yep. But it's a good thing, so it guarantees, it codifies um, gay marriage and uh, interracial marriage. And a bunch of people voted no. On it so we'll see and some lady cried about it in congress oh boohoo i'm a bigot anyways <laughs> but that's a good thing that made me happy um so that's a good thing inflation is getting a little better so I don't gas know. gone down a little um, bit gas has gone down about 40 cents gas has yeah. gone down but i know we have people that listen internationally and i hope your holiday season goes well and i hope that you guys stay safe too because i know just, you know, our viewpoint is a small viewpoint. Um, but from our viewpoint, you guys are amazing. And we love you guys so much. And thank you for listening. Thank you for keeping the conversation going. And thank you for sharing a little part of your day with us all year. And I hope you guys, if you celebrate any holiday, whether it's the solstice or Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever else is going on this time of year i hope it is wonderful and i hope you stay safe out there and remember gifts are cool but what's even cooler is spending time with your friends and family getting vaccinated taking your vitamins and washing your hands during this sick time of the season oh because we're in a triple epidemic it's not a pandemic but it's uh we've got flu covid and rsv going around so you know keep up on your vitamins i'm gonna take a vitamin c tablet when i go home okay but yes we love you guys thank you for listening and let us know if there's any movies you want to cover us to cover next season and if we want to do another like live stream welcome back thing or what we want to do okay that's me i'm gonna stop talking now you're good um so yeah um i'm gonna be a little bit shorter um we love you all 
Thank you so much. Take care of yourselves and each other, and especially those fur babies. Please keep them inside, especially when temperatures drop below freezing. No one wants to be outside in that. You wouldn't want to be outside in if that. If you're cold, they're yes, cold. Yes, so bring them in. And with your plants. Oh, God, yes. Take care of your plants. What are your plants? What are yourself? Take a, take a drink. This is your reminder to drink some water. You beautiful, thirsty, dehydrated bitch. But we love you all, and we just look forward to seeing you. Well, actually, happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, we just look forward to seeing you next Happy time. Year. Happy New Year! Happy 2023! Uh, see you next time. Same spooky time and same spooky channel. Yes, space yes, spooky all. Bye. Bye. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.